Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, starting at verse 4. I'll read it uh, in, uh, in two different versions. Well, we're just going to read two verses. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. Um, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. And for the next few minutes, I'd like to preach to you on the thought, or teach on the thought, setting goals in 2024. Setting goals in 2024. Let's pray for the word here this evening. Lord, we thank you. Uh, for what you've already accomplished in this place. Your presence is already here. We felt you uh, so strongly during the worship. Thank you, Lord, for the hearts and the lives that you've impacted this year, and the gratitude and the gratefulness that we feel in this place. I pray, Lord, that you'd use me to minister your word. Lord, let us uh, hear from your word, but not let just hear it. Let's, let's be doers of it. Have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was listening to this uh, podcast episode. It wasn't my podcast, but... It was a while back, and uh, a research, research study uh, was mentioned in regards to eating habits. And in the study, they asked the participants to choose what they would be eating in seven days' time. So they said, hey, what are you going to have in seven days? And the vast majority of them, as you and I probably would, we, they made healthy decisions. In seven days, I'm going to have a healthy option. Well, the seven days passed, and the participants were asked by the researchers what they would be eating that day. And the majority of them chose the less healthy options. And so what happened during those seven days? Well, it is the same phenomenon that takes place across the world every January. We enter into a new year and it gives us this feeling of a new beginning and and new possibilities. And so people, they sign up for gyms and set goals for themselves. And uh, if any of you are consistent gym goers, the first few weeks... The year is always the most challenging because the gyms are full and everyone is excited about uh, the new body that they're going to have in the new year. And then 31 days later, the the gyms start to empty out, Uh, but the the, uh, gym fees continue. (laughs) They're not able to cancel us right now. And why is that? It's because we tend to romanticize the future. Uh, We are very good at deciding that we are going to do something in the future. But we often fail to follow through when the future actually arrives. The study participants decided next week that they would eat healthy. But when the day arrived, they found themselves eating more or less how they had always eaten. We have this concept of time where it is divided into uh, the past, the present, and the future. But the reality is the only thing that truly exists is today. The past exists in our dreams. It exists in our plan, uh, it, it exists in our memory, sorry, in our monuments, the past, it exists in our stories. We tell stories about the past. We, we have statues, we have monuments, we have buildings erected that, that tell of our past. The future, it exists in our dreams, in our plans, and in our imaginations. We plan for the future, we think about the future, we dream or imagine what is going to happen. But today is all we truly have. It is the time that we actually have in our hands with us. And that is why the Apostle Paul, he declared that 
Today is the day of salvation. He didn't say that tomorrow is the day of salvation or yesterday was the day. No, he said today is the day of salvation. He was saying today is the day that you can make the decision. You have to make the decision today. Today you can be saved. Today you can start a new life. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow. You're not necessarily promised tomorrow. You're not necessarily promised another day. Today is all that we are guaranteed. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, we see that the people in Jerusalem, they saw the Spirit poured out. And, and the Bible says that Peter stood up as the Spirit was poured out and he began to preach with, with the other uh, 11 disciples. And he talked all about Jesus and he preached the crowd to a point of conviction. The Bible says that, that they asked Peter, they were uh, convicted of, of what Peter was preaching about. And they asked Peter, what do we need to do? And Peter responded, he said, go home. Repent tomorrow. No. I think it's bad. Test, test. We're back. He, he didn't say go home and repent tomorrow. No, he said repent now. He said do it, do it now. Turn from your sins. Ask for forgiveness and, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Make that commitment to follow after Christ. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he continued to preach. He said, the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off. As many as shall call on the name of the Lord. Salvation is for you. And it is for today. It's not something that we should put off. It's not something that we should put off to tomorrow. But it is for us. And it is for today. And the reason I know that is because after Peter preached that very same day. It was that day. About 3,000 people were baptized. They responded to the message and they were born again that day, that same day. There'll never be a better moment. There'll never be a better time because today is all that we truly have. It is what we are guaranteed. Today is the day of salvation. That's why Peter, he literally commanded them to be baptized in Acts chapter 10. Verse 48, he said, you need to be baptized. He didn't say, oh, you can be if you want to. It's up to you to make that decision. No, he said, you need to get baptized. Uh, Ananias, he told Paul, uh, when Paul was converted, he said, why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He said, don't delay, don't wait till tomorrow. Get it done now. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. The Apostle James, he said in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 14, he wrote this, he said, come now, you, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. He said, you're not guaranteed today or tomorrow. Yes, you may make your plans, but that doesn't mean that you're going to fulfill those plans because you're not guaranteed those days. Life is a vapor. Make sure that you are focused on today. Don't put off to tomorrow what you can take care of today. Whether that is asking for forgiveness, whether uh, that is making amends with somebody, whether, is that, whether that is helping someone who is in need. Amen. Don't live your life counting on tomorrow when today is what we truly have. And not to undermine my complete point there, because <laughs> today is truly all that we have, that does not d diminish the idea of planning and setting goals. Even though today is all that we have, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't plan, that we shouldn't 
set goals. In fact, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5 tells us, it says, The plans of the diligent, they surely lead to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So you're saying if you make plans, it's going to lead to plenty, but if you just are hasty and you're not, and you're not taking account for the future, then that's going to uh, lead to ruin. It's important to plan. It's important to set goals in life. God will bless your diligence. He will bless your faithfulness. And experts, they say that there are seven different areas in which we should set goals for ourselves. There's seven different areas. So if you take notes, make sure to, to write some of these down. One of the areas is physical goals. <clears throat> there are seven different areas. One is physical goals. Goals like lose weight, run a marathon, join a gym. Then there's intellectual goals. Read a book a month, do online study, learn a new language. The third category is career goals. Work towards uh, getting a raise or promotion or change careers. Finally try and work in the field that, that you have been wanting to work in. The fourth uh, type of goal is social goals. Make more friends, spend time with people, uh, get more likes on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Social goals. Financial goals. Get out of debt. Pay off some of your home loan, uh, if that's possible. Save money so you can try and buy an over-expensive house. Um, financial goals. Family goals. We'll plan a family holiday. Steph, let's plan a family holiday. Uh, <laughs> you know, make, make, uh, make plans to call mom and dad more. Uh, if, if you don't live near them, uh, or <laughs> in their house still. Uh, surprise your spouse, family goals. Uh, take your, your kids out for a special day. Or spiritual goals. Read through the Bible, disciple somebody, pray more. So there's seven different categories. Physical goals, intellectual goals, career goals, social goals, financial goals, family goals, and spiritual goals. They also say that goals shouldn't be just vague, like like pray more, but they should be specific and measurable. So instead of, like I said, instead of saying, oh, I want to pray more, make, make a decision that I want to pray for a specific amount of time, and I'm going to pray at this time, and I'm going to pray here. So you decide when and where you're going to pray, and for the amount of time. Set a specific measurable goal. The American poet uh, Bill Copeland, he commented on the importance of setting goals, and he said this, he said, the problem with not having a goal is that you spend your whole life running up and down the field and never score. It's like watching a soccer match, but there's actually no, there's no goal. They're just running back and forth with the ball. And so there's, there's, there's nothing that they can actually win at. Tony Robbins, the inspirational speaker and life coach, he had this to say about goals. He said, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So when you set goals, it's that very first step that, that you take something that, that hasn't yet existed and you make it something that is going to take place. It is important to set goals in your life, to aim at something rather than nothing. But I want to remind you that in the process of setting those goals, in the process of making those plans, we cannot forget to ask the Lord. We cannot forget to present our plans before Him and ask Him, Lord, what would you like me to do? with my life? Where is it that you would want me to go? What do you want me to do? We must seek His will for our life. You see, God has a plan for your life. We talked about this a few weeks back. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. And it is 
it's more than just making money. It's more than working a satisfying job, even though those things are wonderful. It's even more than buying a house. But we can live a life that is full of purpose. We can live a life that has eternal value and eternal meaning. And that is what Jesus was referring to in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, he said this, he said, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. He said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where, where these things can depreciate, where these things can uh, inflate, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, where these things can, can uh, destroy, can be destroyed, where thieves can take it away and steal. He says, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal or where, uh, for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. He says, don't, don't make the decision that at the beginning that you're only going to store up treasures on this earth, but think about what you're spending your time on, what you're giving your energy to. Jesus was saying, don't focus so much on building wealth and success, but focus on the eternal things, the things in life that really, truly matter. And of course, it is not wrong to be wealthy. It's not wrong to, to have money. It's not, and it's not wrong to desire to uh, earn more money. That, it's not wrong to be successful. But it is wrong to build wealth and have success at the expense of doing something for God. If God is consistently put on the back burner and you say, oh, hey, I'll, I'll get back to you in a few years. I'm really building something now. No, we need to make sure that we are prioritizing the, lo the Lord in our life. Make sure that we are focused on the things that are eternal. We are making an eternal difference in, in people's lives. And so how do I discover God's will and purpose for my life? Well, the main text that we read uh, this evening, I believe it's found, uh, the keys are found in that passage in Psalm 37, verses 4 to 5. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So the first thing that we must do is take delight in our relationship with God. Take delight in your relationship with the Lord. The way that we take delight in our relationship with God is through prayer and worship. You see, prayer is the very foundation of our relationship with God. It is the lifeblood of our Christian walk. Prayer, put simply, is communication with God. It is through times of prayer that we draw close to God. Much like when you first started dating your spouse. So like for example with uh, Steph and I, when we first started dating, the, there's no way that we could have ever grown in our relationship if we never talked to each other. That's like, I like you, you like me. And that's it. Let's get married. <laughs> and sometimes that's, that's kind of, unfortunately that's like us sometimes. We come, I love you Jesus. And he's like, I love you too. And then okay. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> and then we do it again. I love you. I'm so grateful, God. I love you too, buddy. Okay, see you next time. We have to spend time and develop that relationship. That's how we are able to draw close. God, God still loves you, whether you're spending time with Him or not. Unfortunately, you know, that doesn't always work that way with, with, with uh, a spouse. Uh, you, you can't just neglect your spouse for years and years and years and expect them to always love you. But... 
God still loves you. But our response to that love shouldn't be avoidance. It shouldn't be uh, neglect. But it should be wanting to draw close to Him. Wanting to delight in His presence. That's why the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the church at Philippi. And he told them in Philippians chapter 4. He said, do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, in every circumstance and situation. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. And if you're looking for that, that's in the Amplified Bible. That's all those extra words. He says, do not be anxious or worry about anything. But in every situation, pray. Bring it to the Lord. Come before the Lord. Don't be anxious, but bring it before the Lord in prayer. And allow God to work in your life. Make your requests known to Him. He is your God and He is asking you to come. He delights in, in hearing your requests and spending time with you. And so in every situation, in every circumstance, we must pray. When life is good, pray. When life isn't so good, pray. When you get the promotion, pray. When you get licked over, pray. When you're in good health, pray. When your health is failing, pray. In every situation, in every circumstance, we must pray. The Apostle Paul would also instruct the Colossians, he, he said this, he said, devote yourselves to prayer. Keep alert in it. Keep focused in it. Devote yourself. Be committed to your prayer time. Stay focused in your prayer life. I heard a preacher uh, once say this about prayer. He said, there are stages to prayer. <clears throat> there are stages to your prayer life. He says, it begins as a duty to pray. Then it becomes your desire to pray. And then finally, it becomes your delight to pray. And often the disconnect happens because we get stuck in that first stage where it's only a duty. It's something I feel like I have to do. It's not something that I'm necessarily desiring to do. But we have to get to that point where we move beyond duty, beyond desire to a point of delight. Where we are delighting in His presence and spending that time with the Lord in prayer. We also find delight in God through living a life of worship. It is through worship that we experience His presence and He draws close to us. And for many of us, that's easy to do because we feel His presence, right? We come here on a Sunday, we sing those songs of worship and we feel His presence and it makes us emotional because we're responding to the presence of God and we're delighting in Him. That's wonderful. That worship is so much easier for us if, if, you, if you have a heart that is geared towards God. But I don't want us to neglect that, that posture of prayer because worship is so easy for us. It's through worship that we experience His presence. Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse uh, 23, 24, it says, the, the hour is coming, and now it is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. We are worshiping in spirit and in truth. That means that we are to worship Him with our heart and also with our mind. You know, someone like me with my personality, I can go towards the mind very easily. In others of you, it's easy for you to move towards having a heart towards worship, that emotional uh, experience. But we have to have both. We have to understand who it is that we're worshiping. Worship God with your heart, but also with your mind. When we delight ourselves in God, then He begins to give us the desires of our heart. He doesn't give us what we want. He replaces 
the desires that we used to have with the desires that He has for us. Because we are drawing close to Him, because we are delighting in Him, our desires begin to change. It's not so much selfish desires, it's not so much only about me and what I want, but God starts replacing those desires and giving you the desires of your heart. Amen. It doesn't mean that we're going to receive everything that we desire, but we start, uh, we start receiving the desires from God and that He is replacing those desires, as I said. We begin to uh, desire Him more. God's dreams become our dreams. His plans start to become our plans. That is when we are delighting in the Lord through prayer and through worship. The second thing we must do is we must commit our way to the Lord. We have to remain committed in 2024. We have to be faithful to Him. We're not going to grow without faithfulness. We're not going to grow without being faithful to God. Let's make a decision from the very outset of this year. You can't get any closer to the beginning than right now. Let's make the decision that we are going to commit ourselves, our lives to God. That come rain or shine, we are going to be committed people. We are going to be individuals that are faithful, that are committed to God. People that are committed to prayer. People that are committed to worship, to reading the Word of God. Committed to the house of the Lord. When the doors are open, we make a determination that we're going to be here to worship and to see one another, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. Committed to serving others. Committed to reaching out to those who don't know Jesus. You see, God, He doesn't use special people, but He uses people that make themselves available. I don't consider myself that special, but I do consider myself someone who made themselves available and said, God, whatever it is that you would have me to do, I'm willing to do it. And so many, else, so many others here in this place have that same attitude. Whatever it is, God, that you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. He doesn't use special people, but he uses people that are willing to put themselves on the altar, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Being that living sacrifice, willing to give ourselves to others and to God. Amen. Amen. People that are willing to show up and that are willing to serve. And um, not to talk uh, too much about uh, my podcast, but I've interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have been very successful in ministry, have done wonderful things for God, people that are missionaries, people uh, that have preached in, in large conferences, people that have been pastors of large churches, people that have ministered all over the world, and, and the story almost is almost always the same. They were just faithful, they were just committed, and over time, God used them, and God blessed them, and God opened doors, and God made a way in their life. People that were faithful, people that made a decision that they were going to be committed. It didn't matter what happened. They were going to be faithful and committed to God and to the people of God. Amen. If I could please get Steph to come as I come to a close. The final thing that we must do in 2024 is we must trust in the Lord. After we have found our delight in God, after we have committed our ways to the Lord, we must put our trust in Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6 puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. If we trust in the Lord, and we don't try to do it ourselves, if we rely on Him instead of on our knowledge and our understanding, then He will direct our path. That's what I mean. We can set those goals, we can make those plans, but make sure that we put them before the Lord and ask Him, is this what you want us? Is this what you want me to do? Is this what you want my family to do? What is it that you would have me to do in 2024? How would you like me to fulfill your calling this year? It is only through trusting God that you will find your true purpose. It is only in letting go that you will find where God truly wants you to be. <clears throat> the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 9, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name will put their trust in you. You've not forsaken those who seek you. And I've come to remind someone this evening, and no matter what happened in 2023, it may have been a year of victory or it may have been a year of struggle. I want to remind you, whether you are growing or whether you feel like you're wrestling, God has not forsaken you. Those who know your name, we know his name. We have a relationship with him. And if we know his name and we put our trust in him, he promises that He will not forsake us. He will never leave us or forsake us. You may have done everything right this year. You may have uh, discipled people. You may have poured into other people's lives. But you're still waiting on a word. You're still waiting on direction. You're still waiting for a door to open. I want to remind you that God has not forsaken you. That if you continue to seek His will, if you continue to put your trust in Him, He will open that door. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. The Lord who loves you is with you. Amen. Amen. If we can be upstanding as I come to a close. Trust in Him and He will direct your path. Trust in Him and He will bring it to pass. In 2024, we can have a year like no other. But it's only going to happen if we delight ourselves in God. If we commit our way to Him and we trust in the Lord. Excuse me. As we finish up here today, I want to invite everyone to come. We don't normally do this. But let's just come together as a church. And as we finish up this year, let's come together here at the front link up with somebody. Let's just pray together as the body of Christ.